she's on a passionate mission to change the lives of women. Since her days where she felt lost, had no one to confide in, had issues with body image and a terrible relationship with food, she now helps women to re-love themselves. On her journey of self-realization, she's participated in multiple fitness competitions, spoken on stages across Ontario, run boot camps for hundreds of clients, and provided professional makeup artist services for photo shoots, competitions, models, and magazines. These journeys and experiences have given her the expertise to help you achieve your own goals, whether it be to lose weight, connect on a deeper level with your loved ones, or to learn just how important it is to take time for yourself. You'll feel amazing, beautiful, and strong. Welcome to Relove and Rise. This is your life coach, Amanda Gazzola. Hello, and welcome back to the Relove and Rise podcast. This is your host here, Amanda Gazzola. Today is a special day because we're going to be learning a lot when it comes to goal setting and accountability and basically how to wean yourself out of corporate if you want to. This is all about you today. If you're wanting to take your business to the next level, I have the perfect woman in front of me. She is a business coach and strategist. She helps professionals, especially women, business professionals, business owners, to really help them and hone in onto their craft. And this is why she's in here today. She has an understanding of challenges and encountered by women executives, entrepreneurs, and those simply trying to overturn their status quo to a shattered traditional thinking. Cheryl creates a CES, which is the key element solutions for programs, innovative coaching systems, and infused individuals and organizations with a passion for change, a desire to innovate, and a drive to seek out ambitious results. Cheryl is with me right now. Hello, Cheryl. How are you? Hi, Amanda. I'm fantastic. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome today. Today is a really special day, especially for those who are wanting to up-level themselves and don't even know where to start. And I know this comes all from, you know, your personal experience probably because I find that anyone I talk to, it's all about personal experience. And basically that's the driving force to where it leads them to be to where they are today. Do you agree or do you have like your own little path that you want to talk about? No, absolutely. I think uh, one of the greatest things is just, you know, sharing our journey of how we get to places and really stepping into our own brilliance and our unique abilities of what we want to do and share it with the world. That's awesome. So just give people a little bit of background on who you are. Basically, how did you get started? Like when did you, like, was it out of high school? Was it out of, like, did you go to college? Like, where did you really start honing in on your craft and knowing your specialty? So I didn't go to college right after, well, I, I shouldn't say I didn't. I did go to post-secondary. I started at post-secondary right after high school, but I had a little bit of a wiggly turn there. I was diagnosed with some health challenges and told at a young age, if you wanted to have children, uh, now is your opportunity. So, Oh was, my, how old were you when you were told that? Uh, just shy of 20. Wow. And, uh, so it was uh, put aside a law degree dream and uh, trying to have my kids and I have two amazing kids. So that's awesome. The right path. But I, my career really started in the administrative end in the corporate world. So 20 years in corporate, a lot of in experience in different industries um, and organizations, a lot of them global facing, which for me was really exciting. That is really exciting. And what type of corporate job did you have? Well, a lot of it was operations management. My passion is building high performing teams. I love empowering others to succeed and achieve their goals. And so doing that in a team setting is really quite effective. And I 
ended, I mostly ended my corporate career at BlackBerry. Like when BlackBerry went through a lot of their changes and turnaround? Yeah, so I was there during the high times and uh, all that excitement and the fast pace, and I was there through the changes. And uh, when it was my turn to move on from there, I did take another job in the government sector, and but it was just a job. And uh, I found myself on Sunday afternoons, you know, getting tense, dreading Monday, and it just wasn't the right fit for me. And so after just about a year there, I transitioned into opening my own company, Keelman Solutions, and chasing my dream for entrepreneurship. Wow. So did you notice a difference in your feeling when you worked at BlackBerry or did you even have the underlying feeling? Because many people, like, especially when you don't look forward to your Mondays when it's Sunday and you feel that tense, you're like, oh shit, here we go again. Like, did you feel that at BlackBerry or like, was it like something that just like you knew that that was the time to switch when like that feeling came? I didn't feel that at all at BlackBerry. I loved my time at BlackBerry. I worked with amazing teams, amazing people. It was really dynamic and something I'd never be able to replicate in my career, what it really showed me was how much I wanted to chase my passion and that I didn't have to settle for just a job. And so when I was in just a job afterwards, I just thought, this isn't worth it, this isn't living. And I truly, I'm very present and work hard at living every day to the fullest. And I thought, well, how am I going to preach this to my kids if I'm not even living it? So mm. it was just the right time after BlackBerry to really strike out on my own and that's forge cool. my own path. That's cool. So you said that you're always like one, and I just want to know if you're a natural born leader because you said that's one of the biggest things that you love working at BlackBerry was leading up teams and really empowering them to like, you know, do something. And has that always been something that's been a part of you? Yeah, it's, I've always been told that I'm a natural leader. Well, actually, I probably should say a lot of times I got told I was bossy, but that actually means I was a great leader. That's so so true. That's so true. Many people don't even understand. Like I find now I can, I was never bossy back in the day, but I find as I'm growing and it's like many people like look at it as bossy or being selfish or just knowing what you want. Like there's a lot of judgment in that, but I love that you took that some with that and did something because many people like look at it as a negative thing where it could be a positive thing. Just like how do you utilize it to your best ability? Yeah. And for me, it was just, I've always been able to pick things up quickly, like to view the bigger picture and also hone right in on what the challenges are. So even, you know, when I were all throughout my life, all I remember is people coming to me when they had challenges or they were looking for direction or they weren't sure what to do. And I can very quickly find those pivots and direct them in that way. And so sometimes um, my brain will go very quickly and that's maybe where the bossy came from that I would, I can be like, okay, you need to do this. Well, just being direct with like it, right? Yeah. 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 (laughs) But people have just always come to me and it just seems like I've naturally always been um, empowering others and building people up and helping them to achieve you know, their greatest potential and their success. I love like kind of where we're going with this because what you like, cause you're a natural born leader. You have like a tendency to be able to see where people want to go and 
because many people don't even know where they want to go themselves. And so sometimes it can be put off with your energy where it's like, this is what you need to do. And you're being direct because there's a lot of passion that comes behind it. So is this kind of where you started honing in on like, you know, seeing this talent, it's a talent and it's a gift and knowing what to do with it and driving them where it's like, this is what I, you need to do for your goal setting. Cause this is kind of where we're leading into is like goal setting can be so overwhelming. And many people look at the long-term and short-term goal. They all know that, but like, it's like the in-between, like the middle parts that, you know, the bridging that gap, like, how do you do that with people? And what does it look like when someone comes to you? So that's a great question. Goal setting is huge. And so, and part of where I was kind of honing my skills and my abilities in throughout my career, I read a book and I've heard other people say this before. I read a book and it changed my life. I read a book and it changed my life. I was a single mom, two kids, corporate career, and, you know, have to be present in the workplace, be present and be the kind of mom I'm very involved with my kids. So be the kind of mom I wanted to be and still maintain time for my friendships. And so I read a book that was called The 12-Week Year. And what that book allowed me to do was completely reframe the way that I view goal planning and execution. And it allowed me to identify the places that mattered most to me and to be able to show up with my best in those places. And so I would then switch that with my teams. You know, I started to build that in with the people around me and develop that out. And now I do that with clients, with their businesses, clients on an individual basis. And we're really able to increase their productivity and efficiency in the places that matter the most to them. And yeah, it's really um, powerful and rewarding when you're, effective in the areas that matter most, you're the most alive. So I love that. And when you picked up that book, were you still working at BlackBerry or was this like, yeah, when you're on your own, like, did that help you become like more of that leader and like, this is what we need to do in order to get you where you need to be? Absolutely. It did. It was, it was kind of like that missing piece of the puzzle because it provided a really effective framework and methodology to be able to roll out with people and teams. So it was definitely that missing piece and ramped up um, my ability to help others. Wow. So because when most people are thinking about goals and they're thinking about that 12 week in a year, like that's, I love how that is because it can be so overwhelming to even know where to start. And like, do you look at the smart goals and like put the, you know, the smart, like specific measurable all that, do you put that into it or do you make it like spin it off in your own? Like, this is like, I just want to know what you do in order to help someone when they're feeling overwhelmed, where even to start. Cause many people, when they want to lose weight, they don't even know where they start. Cause there's a bunch of things that they need to do. And they know like, it's like, how do I bridge that gap? So the first thing I say to people is to do a complete brain dump and I give them a parking lot to put everything on, get everything out of your head everything that's holding real estate in your head and it's holding, it's taking your thoughts and your energy and pulling you away. An interesting concept or an interesting thing is that on an average day, each individual has 50,000 thoughts, mm. which is a lot. That's why and, they say when you're in your head, you're dead. <laughs> yes. And even more so because 90 to 95% of those thoughts are a repeat from the day before. Truth. Yep. So I say to people, do a brain dump, get it all down on paper, get it out of your head. 
And then we talk about what's most important to you, what your biggest challenges are right now. And we identify as much as some people and businesses, you know, there are similarities. You, everyone has their own unique challenges and circumstances. And so we really look through what's most important to them. And then when we're goal planning, we do it in a little bit of a different sense. We do still have smart goals and they do need to be specific and measurable, but we always frame them in a positive manner so that, and an example of that is working with a client, they wanted to create a 2% error rate, which you would think 2% error rate, that's pretty good, except what you're constantly talking about there and focusing on is the negative. So we reframed it to a 98% success rate. Oh, I love that. Right. So it's really reframing and, and tying your goals into, I do a lot of vision work with people, tying your goals into your vision, into your grander vision of living in what matters most to you. Oh, that is smart. And reframing is definitely like, we all know that we need to do that, but sometimes it's like, you think you're doing that, but you're not helping yourself by thinking about in that context, like 2% sounds like, okay, like it's doable. But like at the same time, that's when you're focusing on that, it's like that 2% is just, there's so much lack in it. And so the other way around, like there's so much positive where it's like, oh yes, like 90% achievable rate. Like this, oh, it keeps you motivated for sure. And there's more confidence behind it. Absolutely. And one of the great things is one of the biggest detractors I see in goal setting and planning is um, I call it the annual journey. You know, it's New Year's Day and you're ready to rock it. It's like, if you're like me, I'm like, this is my year. I'm going to rock it. I'm going to do all of these things. And, you know, February, you're still plodding away at it because Mother Nature is, you know, keeping us hibernated sometimes. And March comes around. And if people have children, March break gets in the way. And by the end of the first quarter, most individuals and businesses are behind on their goals, but they're not necessarily concerned because there's this illusion of lots of time to catch up. And then the fall hits and you see this October rush where people become so busy and so focused because nobody wants to be out with everyone New Year's Eve and say, they're like, how was your year? And they're like, great. I missed all of my goals. (laughs) Right. So we leverage this four times a year by creating 12-week goals. Um, We're able to increase the sense of urgency, but also the focus, and we can pivot. We can work on what matters the most to your business and your life right now and move the needle the furthest instead of working on something for eight or ten months for it to be the wrong goal. Oh, truth. Okay, so... I want to pause there because what I'm about to bring up and because I personally get overwhelmed, I like really looking at everything a year because I find that like things change in my business, like more quarterly, if not every other day, like everything's always changing, right? Cause you're evolving, you're seeing things like, okay, I switch that because that's not aligning. There's a lot of stuff happening. So when you're looking at business plan 101 and you're looking at like, okay, this is what's going to happen quarter one. This is what's going to happen quarter two. I get overwhelmed by even thinking that far ahead because there's stuff I love to do, but to break it down, even like that scares me. So the 12 week in a year, like that seems like, okay. Cause the focus plan is completely on that. But like, what are your thoughts on a business plan for a year? And what do you do? Like, do you do a year or do you just constantly do quarters? I think a business plan in general is good. You need to have some form of roadmap, but it's a very fluid document. You're always revisiting that. Yes. Some people do have annual goals and I personally don't in that sense. I have my 12 week year goals, so my quarterly goals, 
and I find that it's less overwhelming if someone has a weight loss goal and you're looking at in a year I want to lose 50 pounds <laughs> you know that can feel very daunting but yes. if you look at what you're just going to focus on for that 12 weeks for that you know period of time it seems much more achievable and we also celebrate it I always say we need to celebrate mm -hmm. our wins I love that celebrate at the end of that 12 week year and then we regroup and go forward and it could be new goals different goals if your market needs have changed or your consumer demands we can pivot very very quickly and easily but we really need to be celebrating our wins along the way and by really breaking that down it, it's much more achievable and if you fall off the wagon for a day or two it's much easier to get back and still make effective change instead of looking at a long-term goal and saying there's no way i can reach that now uh, it's not about perfection it's about progress totally and perfect action imperfect yeah <laughs> perfectly imperfect that would describe me perfectly imperfect <laughs> with some awesome shoes <laughs> yeah uh, yes there are some awesome shoes in there <laughs> Aw, so can you give me a rundown? Like when you started your business and the key elements, how long have you been in business now on your own? So three years, I've been doing this on my own for three years and I just completed, I was doing a bachelor's degree full time as well. And uh, so I completed that last year. So I am a hundred percent, you know, both feet and both arms into the business this year and just really driving forward. And we've had so much growth and advancement this it's so incredibly exciting. Hey, and Rise friends. I hope that you're enjoying this episode of the podcast. It's definitely a special one and so near and dear to my heart. I wanted to come on here and talk to you about the Wonderless Retreat Mother's Day special that we have going on right now. We want to pay tribute to our moms and all the great moms out there. We know that it's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job that gets so many benefits but not that much time off, which is why it's so important to say, hey, we got your back. Why not come to a weekend full of self-care, body movement, and time to work on yourself so that you can come back feeling refreshed, reframed, and unstoppable? For more details, check out the website, www.reloveandrise.com slash wonderless, and we look forward to hearing from you. If you guys have any questions, just know that you can message me at amanda at reloveandrise.com. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So do a lot of your friends or a lot of your business partners or like collaborators, like, do they wonder how you do it? Cause your mom, you work full time. You have, you have two kids that are young that are basically, you know, their own person now where they probably have a lot of stuff even happening in their life. How do you make things happen where you make time for you, you make time for your business? Like, and do you do like this all like with uh, personal 12 week and 12 and a year or do you like, I just want to know how you do it. Yeah. yeah, how do I do it all? People ask me that a lot, especially yes. when, when I was doing my degree full time. I also got married in there and uh, my daughter had <laughs> surgeries and I was running a business and growing it. And so people would say to me, how do you do it? And it really came back to this 12 week year framework. I identified the places that mattered most to me personally. And so I was able to be there and block that time in for that. But for my business, I was able to really focus on scalable, sustainable growth because I identified what was most important there. And I could, instead of being mediocre at a lot of things, I became really fantastic 
at a few key things that really would drive it forward. And that's what got rid of the overwhelm. Wow. That's, I kind of want to stay in this topic because I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be able to resonate exactly with what you're saying. Because at the end of the day, like it's literally about filling your cup so that you're able to do so much more with your time, with your business. Like, but a lot of people don't know how and what that looks like. And so what you're saying there is super important where you're putting on all your major rocks. Like you're, all this is important to you. That's like what's on your calendar and that's how you make the time as well. Yeah. And I will say that I do know what it's like to not do that in the end result. So I didn't always do that. And I really burned myself out before I was operating in these cycles and ended up with Addison's disease, which is adrenal burnout. And so that now is medications and treatments and lifestyle shift and change. So I really do know overwhelm, burnout, and not managing that well, not having the tools to manage it well. So it's so important to me to be able to help others avoid that. And especially moms, you know, we, we can uh, be pretty challenging and hard on ourselves. And so we want to make sure that we have these great frameworks to be able to still be kind to ourselves and care for ourselves. I love that. I also want to kind of hone in on that being like, we're, cause you have Addison's, you know what it's like to have burnout, especially adrenal burnout. Like that's a really specific immune system thing happen in there. How do you know when you're on the verge or you're coming close where you're like, okay, I, I got to do something different. Like, how do you know, like, what's your trigger there? If you have a trigger or if like, you're so aware now, like you're like, I see the pattern that's happening. How do you know? Yeah, I can see the pattern. I'm, I'm very aware now and I work very hard to manage it well. And so one of the things is if it requires a fake smile, I don't do it. It's a major thing. If it doesn't feel authentic or congruent to me, I don't do it. And But it really is recognizing if I'm overloading myself or if I'm starting to feel overtired and really stepping back and looking at, okay, what are my key priorities? What are the most critical actions that I need to take place? And focusing on those. Another, if anyone is like me and they wake up at 2 a.m. with the greatest idea ever known to man, <laughs> and, and then they get up in the morning and they start actioning it. And, you know, and then like two days later, you've gone down this idea rat hole and you're like, oh no, it's no good. And now I've spent two days not really doing what I needed to. That would create overwhelm. Yeah. So I put my ideas on the parking lot because I know they're captured. I don't derail myself from my priorities that I've already identified. And I know that in just a few weeks, I'm coming back to it, not 12 months later. And I can look at them then and see, okay, is it relevant? Is it not? But that's been a really great way for me. And, and a lot of my clients say they really love that because they know it's captured, it's out of their head, and they can keep focused on their identified priorities. That's so true. We chase so many shiny objects that sometimes they do feel great and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And you get so excited. And then, yeah, it ends up being like a total flop where you get down on yourself. And you're like, oh man, like I always do this. So yeah, a parking lot. I like that. I never heard it as a parking lot. I've always heard it as like, just like putting it in your journal or, and you'll come back to it. Like you're a thought process. 
but the parking lot is kind of like a nice way to put it because it literally it's going to be there it could stay for as long as it wants and like if you have an and then you come back where it's like you treat it like a parking lot literally so I like that or like a driveway or something where it's like you're, you're in and out if you want to do it but like it's always there I like that yeah it's sitting there waiting for you ready to go yeah totally I like that so Another thing, like when you're embarking on this journey, you're having all these goals. Like I know for me, a huge one is like, you know, how do I keep this train going? And I believe in having a tribe and having accountability and having, you know, someone that you're able to chat with or, you know, having that cheerleader or having someone that is like a mentor or something. I always believe that helps you get to that next step. Like, what do you do for accountability and keeping on a top, on par with your task and your job, your wifely duties, you're being a mom? Like, there's a lot yeah. of stuff that you have to do. So what do you do to help yourself? So I think I love talking about accountability. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite things to talk about because I think that it is one of the most misunderstood concepts in business and in life in general. And because if you think about when is the last time someone said, I'm going to hold you accountable, how did that feel? Like you resist. It feels yucky, right? You don't want anyone holding you accountable. You feel like you're being babysat. Yeah. And, it, and there is just this negative connection to it. And I use the sports analogy. And I say that, you know, somebody does something in sports, the commissioner holds a press conference and they say, we're going to hold them accountable and they levy a fine and a suspension. That's punishment. That's not accountability. That's so nice. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> accountability is truly ownership of choice. And so something that I stopped doing a lot of years ago and was really a game changer for me in building teams and personally and in my personal life is I don't hold anybody accountable anymore. I hold them capable. And it's very different. And I hold myself capable. And so I look at ownership of choice. Why am I not doing what I've committed to doing? And ownership of that choice. And what is the outcome of that? If I'm supposed to be doing something during the day and I um, go down the YouTube channel. Yeah, that tends <laughs> right? to happen quite often. You know, or the social media. Yeah. You know, you can get sucked into that little vortex. I look at what am I choosing then? What is my ownership of choice there? Is that hour on social media worth me not doing whatever was identified as most important and me having to give up my time later on with my family? It's trade-offs on time. Time is unfortunately the one thing that we cannot get more of. Yes. It's our greatest commodity and it is the one thing that we fritter most. Mm -hmm. So it's really comes back to this self accountability and I check in with myself a lot and you know, I have a method that I use myself and with my clients on measuring my effectiveness for the week. And it's that conversation with myself and with my peer group. I have a peer group that I meet with uh, weekly and I highly recommend that because I have to call out myself to them and say, this is where I'm at you know, to percentage wise towards my 12 week goal. And this was my effectiveness rate last week. And if I bombed it, well, I have to own that. You can't hide from it, right? It really highlights the challenges. And sometimes it highlights that maybe your goal is too lofty. Maybe yeah. um, the timing is wrong. Maybe there's roadblocks that need to be moved out of the way, but you can really consciously look at that and set yourself up for success. 
When someone comes up to you and it tells you their goal or you're mentoring someone, because I know you have like an awesome program, do you, and they're telling you what their goal is, is any goal too big or do you kind of like, or is it too vague where it's like, you're not going to really going to go anywhere, like where you have to get the direction. Like sometimes there's are a lot of people in way over their head when they are thinking about these goals. Like oftentimes they're not thinking big enough and I tell people, you know, when they come to me with this, I'm like, okay, now we're going to think bigger, right? You know, a lot of people will just try and keep it safe. Yeah. And I like stretch goals. They need to stretch you a little bit. I don't want you breaking up, like waking up in the middle of the night, breaking out in a sweat. <laughs> Stress, but that's not what we're looking for. But it really has to represent growth. It has to represent, you know, a stretch. If you can do it without changing anything that you're doing right now, that's floating, right? Yeah, and, uh, still too and comfortable. So, yeah, and yeah. there are times that you know I have people that come to me and and they plan to in eleven weeks um, solve world hunger, which I would love. But we can look at okay, if, if this is an ultimate goal that you're working towards, what's realistic for these twelve weeks? What's realistic for these twelve weeks to really move you towards that? in a way that's going to stretch you and get you there without creating an unachievable, unattainable goal. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going into something that I'm really excited to chat about because right now there's a lot of stuff that you're talking about where a lot of people have all these goals, but there's fear that comes into doing these goals. And so, but the thing is like what's on the other side is where the magic happens, where they get to see themselves grow and stuff like that, but they have to still go through the four C's, right? Have you ever heard of the four C's where, you know, you're trying to create confidence, right? In order to commit yourself, you have to start seeing that like you have to have the courage in order to do it. And the courage creates the capability, which then creates the confidence. And so those are the four C's. And like, I talk to a lot of my clients about that, but when they're coming to you and they're telling these goals and they're, they're going through, or they're probably, you know, a lot of growth that they had never even had before. And they're scared and they're like, not sure they could do it. Do you kind of break down that goal and share ways that they can help themselves to create that confidence? Absolutely. I think limiting beliefs are self-talk. It's whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. It's so important for us to be reshaping this mindset. And like I said earlier, 50,000 thoughts a day, 90 to 95% of them are repeats from the day before. So our thinking is either moving us towards our goals or away from it. And so it's really catching ourselves. And this is something I work a lot on mindset myself even. Yeah. And it's really, really being aware of what I'm thinking and, and how that's moving me forward. But we do a lot of work around that. And I say, you know, in, in our program and event that it really is, we're all aware of the glass ceiling, right? I worked in corporate. I know the glass ceiling. I've experienced it. But especially as women, we place this glass ceiling upon ourselves. So what we do is work to shatter your glass ceiling so you can achieve ambitious results. And we're going to put another glass ceiling on ourselves again. And it's having that support to be able to break through those ceilings and to keep growing as opposed to stalling yourself there because you just don't know where to go or you don't have that. The support to help you move through it and help guide you through it. 
Yes. Like the support is so huge when you're doing something, when you're working on a lawfully goal, like you're talking about support is like, what's going to get you through it. And so like, basically surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals, mentors, someone that's going to help you get to that because it could be your family. It could be your friends and stuff, but they're not going to get you because you need someone that's on your level that can up-level you too. That is, you know, when you're striving to be a lot better, you need to find people that are better than you. And then that's the only way you're going to be able to get there is having someone that has been through it, that's done it, that's constantly wanting to get better, that's going to help you get there because you're going to constantly keep going through these glass ceilings and stuff like that. They're never going to go away. But the only one that's going to be able to change is you as you get stronger and you start seeing yourself in a whole new limelight. And it's one of the most beautiful, profound things because you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I fucking just did this. And those, that goosebumps, like it's one of those feelings that you'll never know until you go through it because that part that you embark on, you're never going to want to turn back. You're constantly addicted to that feeling. It's intoxicating. It's absolutely intoxicating. It is for me personally. And when my clients are doing this and succeeding, I mean, it's just as much for me because I'm so invested in with them, but it's true. It's having that support. And I know that in my corporate career, it was hard to find that from women who were in positions of power above me because Mm -hmm. there just wasn't this sense of support. It was, I've clawed to get here and I'm going to you know, put my foot on your head because you're competition. And so I'm really working hard to create a space where we're bringing each other up the ladder together. And it's a safe environment to raise your hand and say, I am crushing it right now and doing so well. And the next person can put their hand up and say, I'm drowning and I need help. And we dive in everywhere for everyone because we are stronger together. We certainly are. I really love, and it's one thing that you've been saying a lot this podcast together is like the reframing and how you talk to yourself and how you change like the wording and stuff like that. Because literally, like the limiting beliefs do come from how we feel about ourselves. And we're, we're constantly talking to ourselves like shit and you know that you can't do this. Even like the accountability or like capability, like that right there, I'd never even heard of that before. But when you said it, I was like, I totally get it. My mantra this year is like with my mala beats is I'm capable. And when you said that, it's just like, yes. And accountability like is definitely like that capable, like having that someone that you're there, like you're always capable of helping each other. You're always capable of surrounding each other with like with so much, you know, passion and love and helping someone through. So definitely I like that you brought it up a few times. This podcast is like how you talk to yourself in the language because it's so important because that's what's going to help you power through like these goals that you're going to be crushing pretty much. Yeah. And I think we just posted up, I think a quote name, I might not have this hundred percent correct, but from Brendan Burchard and it is your next level of success is dependent upon your next level of ownership. Mm. And so it really is, you know, I'm there to help support my people. I'm also there to give them a kick in their pants yeah. and they're coasting, right? Call them out. Yes. And, uh, that. Important. and I yeah. have people around me that do that for me too, which I so greatly appreciate. We all need that. Yes, we do. <laughs> and yeah, so it's a really, really important aspect of it to really start reshaping our thinking. 
Oh, that's great. We'll definitely be having you back on here because there's so much more that I want to be able to chat about because there's a lot that's happening in your business right now, but also like in everything that you do, especially with helping women and helping them get to that next level. And I want people to know more about that. So how can people find out more about you and how can they find out, you know, about your coaching program? Where can they look? So you can uh, find my website at keyelement.ca or they can email me directly at success at keyelement.ca and I'm happy to share more about, uh, we've got an awesome event coming up in June and our uh, accelerator coaching program. Definitely. And like she does put on an amazing 12 week in a year. At the beginning of the year, you do that, don't you? Like you have... Where you I do them regularly. You do them regularly. Yeah. So if you're yeah. even just wanting that, that's another great way of seeing, you know, what you're capable of, how to put a business plan together for that quarter, and then seeing where you want to go because you're definitely amazing at what you do, and that's why you're on here to be able to help women to be able to put those goals in action. So. Exactly. I say that. I uh, teach people how to accomplish more in 12 weeks than many do in 12 months. Yeah, you want to own that to-do list? This is the way to own the to-do list. (laughs) Definitely. Yes. Uh, Thank you so much for being on here today. I had such a great chat with you, Cheryl. Thanks. I have loved it. I look forward to next time.